You're listening to Weekend Joe, driven by Munganat St. Louis Acura here on ClabesOnline.com. The fun and games start after this. The 2021 Acura TLX is the top-selling luxury sedan in St. Louis, and St. Louis Acura has an unbeatable selection. The TLX has the highest safety rating, and right now you can get $2,500 in loyalty conquest offers with 0% financing for up to 36 months. We offer free pickup and delivery, and we'll also buy your used vehicle, even if you don't buy from us. St. Louis Acura, committed to becoming better than ever for you. The weekend just got more entertaining. It's Weekend Joe on Claves Online, driven by Munganast St. Louis Acura. Hear from some of the big names in St. Louis and national sports every weekend. And now, here's Joe Roderick and me, I'm Andy Hanselman. Hey, welcome on into another episode of Weekend Joe here on ClavesOnline.com. We are driven each and every week by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota. A very special week here on Claves Online. I'm Joe Roderick, joined alongside by Andy Hansman. Andy, hello. Well, hello, Joseph. I know that you, uh, before we get into everything that's going on this week, I, I, I should let the listeners know that uh, that you're you're a little under the weather today. I, aren't you? I am. I've been battling a cold. I, I caught it that darn John Vaughn's wedding on Saturday. Ah, did anybody else? Have you talked to John about it? I have not. He's probably on his honeymoon. He probably. I don't want to bother him with it. You text Doug and say, "Hey, Doug, I'm sick." Has anybody else gotten sick? Yeah. I'm going to hold Doug personally liable for it. You, you should bother Doug and text him and yeah, ask I'm, how everybody exactly, else is feeling. Yeah, it's exactly what I need to do, and I'm sure that's the, the, the least of his worries right now. Right. Oh, so I, I saw many videos, many pictures from that. Uh, looks like yeah. you had a grand time there, and it was uh, nice to see Doug out there on the dance floor and, until uh, until his son started grinding on him, and then I think Doug left the dance no, floor. No, that's not what happened. Actually, that oh. happened. all that happened kind of early. Okay, because uh, we had a, we had a very very short amount of time to to dance and have fun, only about two hours. Okay, so um, I played a lot of bangers at the top, Joe's what we call them in the industry, bangers, and um, and so Doug really hung out on the dance floor most of the evening. Nice. Yeah, it was good. He was so there, he talked to his brother in law and his, and uh, I think that's I think the I think it's his wife's. Sister, I don't know. I'm not sure the exact relation. But we talked to his brother-in-law. Talked to friends and and uh, family out there. They had a, and they just they had a wonderful, wonderful time. I don't know the next wedding that I'm going to be attending, and I, uh, I I'm I'm upset with that because I like to dress nice, and that's uh, that's something I don't do day by day. Like I Andy last weekend, I uh, I joked that it was one of the worst weekends in the past two years because. Friday night, I went to see AEW wrestling out at Chaffetz. Yeah. Then Saturday night, I went to Enterprise to see Luke Combs. Right. And then Sunday, I had Glory Pro. Was, I had I had a- to wear real pants at all three of those events. Oh my 
goodness gracious how awful jeans jean pants to all three of those and i honestly could not tell you the last time it andy honestly it would have had to have been the miami super bowl so january of 2020 would have been the last time that i have worn pants not not sweatpants we're talking real either slacks or jeans three days in a row or more so i in the summertime and pretty much as soon as it's warm enough i'm wearing shorts to work yeah until it's cold enough uh so really i've just started wearing jeans every day to work i think this may be the first week that i have worn jeans every day to work or yes. or, or khakis yeah, so, so I, I feel your pain. Busy weekend, but uh, nonetheless, like I'm like tomorrow night, Andy. Uh, Friday night, I guess when people are listening to this. So tonight, I'm going to the Slew basketball game. Uh, going there, so I'll be back at Chaffetz again, second Friday in a row. Yes, for uh, for that, I'm wearing sweatpants there. I'm wearing sweatpants. I don't know why I wore jeans to the uh, to to AEW. I don't understand why I did that. Now that I'm like thinking back on it, why why is it okay to wear sweatpants? To a basketball game. Oh, it's an athletic event. I've gotten I mean, I've gotten comfortable when I go to a Cardinal game as a fan. I wear basketball shorts. Really? Yeah. See, I like to kind of dress up a little bit. Oh, I just nice, I'll I'll nice throw shirt. on one of my uh, I'll throw on one of my giveaway uh, shirt tops and I, I go basketball shorts unless nice. uh, unless unless it's the Hawaiian button down Cardinal shirt giveaway then I I'll wear a nice pair of shorts with those ah there you go yeah <laughs> so so yeah I, I well, okay. so, well yeah. you do you do you boo that's all yeah, I got to say about that but I'll do that but then you know what as I as I said a uh, big week here for Klabe's online as uh, as Mike yeah. Claiborne goes into the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame this uh, this weekend officially inducted so it will be a uh, it'll be a party all weekend long for uh, for that uh, he's having a get together Saturday night and then the ceremony Sunday I I don't know the time I I have asked very little questions as to when and where and everything that is on Sunday. I I have been sent what the dress code is on Sunday. What do you have to wear, Joe? It's Andy. It's all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> so I would. Say, I, would I will say. read you. I will read you the text that I was sent for uh, for this. I it says business casual <laughs> jacket and slacks or a sweater. I will wear a suit, and some of the honorees will, but most people are dressing down these days. I would say business cash with a with a with a nice blazer is probably the way to go. I was gonna say, yeah, maybe maybe a nice uh, sweater over top, um, a nice pair of dress jeans or something. I don't know. Yes, dark jeans, Joe. Dark yeah, dark jeans. jeans, of course. So yeah, dark jeans, and uh, I, I think a tie sounds like gonna be too much. I'm I'm gonna wear a tie to the little shindig on Saturday. I, I went. Yeah. And I bought a new one. I bought a new tie today. Oh, did you? Yeah. So does it have pictures of Klaibs on it? It does not. I I'm upset. I'm upset, and I'm, I'll say it here because the chances of me finding it in the next 24, 36 hours are very unlikely because I have since found them online. And I'm pissed at myself for not thinking of this. The Vince McMahon ties? No, no, those things. I, Andy, I have been searching for those things for at least five years now. They you don't still exist. Haven't found them. They don't. They don't exist. I, I truly think either he has them specially made to where they know exactly where the knot is on his tie, and they make them such, 
that he has his ties specially made. Either that or there is some attachment that goes over the knot of the tie that makes it different colored. Those those are the two, my two working theories with it, Andy, because I have looked, I, I have searched so high and low on Google for those ties and I cannot find it. Anywhere. Dolce, Dolce Punta. Is that where you're finding it? Is that what you're finding? Dolce Punta tie. I don't, I just, I'm, I don't know. But anyway, I, uh, my, my, um, the, uh, the, the idea that I had that I am very upset about is that I, um, I, I wanted, I should have got ordered a pair of socks that yeah. had carrot cake on them. Oh, no. That was the idea that I can that I realized today. And I'm very upset with myself. Because that would have just been amazing. Yeah, there's and there's some right there. You, you can Google carrot cake socks and there they are. But that there's there's no way that you could get those within uh that I'd be able to get those. No, nah, I, I I don't think so, Joe. No. I'm looking at these Dolce Punta ties that you uh that you just mentioned. I don't see the multicolored uh I don't, I don't either. I don't either. That's uh did you just search what kind of ties Vincent McMahon wears? Yes. Oh yeah, no, that's again, that's why I, I really think... you've done that. I just realized if, if and didn't know if you hadn't done if you hadn't done it lately, and uh maybe there was some new information out there. He hasn't been on TV. He hasn't been on TV in a really long time. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is he's you know, he, he's he's getting up there in age. So there, I I just found something that says blue contrast not tie set by Paul Malone. It's something I just found with uh with that. So I found <clears throat> Paul Malone ties. Post Malone, better now. No, no, no. Paul. Paul Malone. That's post brother, probably. Paul Cavallini. And this, I, again, I don't know how you do this. I don't know how this tie works. Anyway, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking here at this, and God, these are. I, these these ties look so damn fancy, but I They're don't really see. I, there there's one. There there is one. Hmm. And what side, there, what side are you looking at? What? What side are you looking at there? I am looking at PaulMalone.com. Not Carl Malone. Not Carl. Not PaulCavalini.com. Paul Malone. Is what I found. I'm sending it to you in the private chat here that we have uh, going for this show, Andy. Uh, show that it's going to be a little shorter than usual, at least our part of the uh, of the show, due to you feeling a bit under the weather. So we will uh, we, will, we will not keep it too long, just for uh, for your uh, you know your benefits. Joe, they have ties for fat guys. I don't know what is a tie. What is a tie for a fat guy? Uh, they're super long. Oh, okay. I can't wear regular ties, Joe. Gotcha. They're too short. Do you see what I sent you? Oh, hang on. Let me look here real quick. In the private chat. But how do you tie that? Like, I'm so confused as to how this works. Oh, there it is. All right. And so just imagine it's just one side is the paisley. The other side is the gray. Is that how it works? Yeah, that's all that is. Huh. So it's a two-sided tie. Aren't those considered like cheap? Hang on. Like a double-sided tie, isn't that something where you're like, oh, you know, I can wear it twice now. No, not well, 
First of all, I'm surprised this tie is only 20 bucks. I, I don't believe that Vince McMahon's wearing a $20 tie. You don't know. Hey, they've made a lot of cuts. They have made a lot of cuts over the uh, the past oh, few true. months and two Could years. You be. never know. No, no. So just the long, you know, just imagine that the fat side has the paisley on it. Right. And then the city side just has the gray on it. So you wouldn't, they wouldn't be reversible. Just that when you tie it and you bring the knot around, bring the knot around over your, over your, your, your hooks and loops and stuff it down through. I don't know. That's if this tie is only $10, I'm going to buy a few of them for uh for the Super Bowl coming up in a uh, in a few months. I will buy every single tie that they have that is multi uh that is multicolored. Hey, here's actually a video contrast knot ties and how to tie them. Contrast knot ties. It's on that page. It's on that link you sent me. I don't know. I'm I'm going to spend a stupid amount of money on ties and Andy, I might wear ties 365 days a year. Eh, 12, 12 days out of the year. Right. So yeah, I, that, that's, we'll, we'll figure that out. Hey, Joe, who's on the show this week? Well, thank you for asking Andy. You're welcome. Uh, this, uh, this week on the show, I am very excited that we have uh, Dan Shaughnessy from the Boston Globe on the, uh, on the program this, uh, this week. He has a new book out about the seventies and eighties Boston Celtics uh, but outside of that, Dan and I talk a little bit about uh, Boston versus St. Louis sports and the rivalry that they've had. Really, I mean, it, it's been forever, but over the past two decades, when you think about Boston and St. Louis sports and the the championships that the those uh, those franchises have gone against each other in, so we have him coming up on the show. And then, Andy, it has been months, months since I have had a chance to talk with Matt Snyder. And oh. we uh, we catch up and we talk for a long time. Like it, it, I'm talking 35 minutes or so that Matt and I end up talking about baseball and the off season and the World Series and all kinds of stuff that uh, that Matt and I go over. So it's a uh, it's a fun conversation. A wonderful, uh, longtime friend of the show. Did uh, was, he was is? Did Andy? you know? I don't think I brought this up last week. Um, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter either. I offered to buy him dinner at the World Series. I did not see this. Yes, I offered to buy him dinner at the uh, at the World Series, and he never responded to me. I should have texted him. I, I did tweet it to him, so that's that's on me. That's uh, that's my fault. But why were you going to buy him dinner? So he uh, when he was in Atlanta, this uh, was Game Five. I, I believe uh, when he when he posted this, it was the Southern Cycle Burger. Andy, it was two cheeseburgers, braised short rib, caramelized onion, uh, cheese, crispy bacon, tomato, shredded lettuce, and two soft fried eggs on a toasted bread. Okay, a very for very twenty seven dollars. Okay, I told him I would Venmo him twenty seven dollars if he would <laughs> buy it, <laughs> eat it, and and give a review on Twitter. And he just he ignored you. Did you bring it up during the during the interview? I did. He said that there was no way he was going to eat that. Uh -huh. <laughs> I made the same offer to Ryan Fagan of Sporting News too, and he immediately turned me down. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, these guys just don't share our gluttonous ways. <laughs> I think so. This past year, I was telling him that this past year I had the uh, I was collecting the helmet nachos. Yep. I think next year the play when I do baseball games and remind me of this, 
is find the most expensive, ridiculous, stupid menu item that that ballpark has, Mm -hmm. eat it, and give a review. I think that's what needs to be done. I think so. Yeah. It seems like an, an attainable thing to do. Right. And I think my first game of the year might be in Wrigley uh, next year already because I found out this past week, my cousin, who usually I go up to games and we do rooftops every year, he had been on the waiting list for 13 years for season tickets. Oh my goodness. For the Cubs. And finally, finally got uh, got season tickets for next year. I feel bad for him because, I mean, they're in a rebuild right now. And he is just thrilled for that. And the Cubs' second home game of the season is against the Cardinals this year. I mean, their their first game home game is against them. But there's no way I'm asking him to take me to the home opener because I, I know he has a fiance. So I figure that's something for them. So I was like, hey, game two. Cubs Cardinals, it's my birthday. And he's like, You're coming up. I said, Okay. So we got to find whatever, nice. the, whatever the fattest, most expensive thing on the Cubs menu is. I wonder what it would be. If it doesn't have the word trough in it, then they're they marketing people there uh, just failed just huge, hugely. Right. There. So that's again something to look forward to for next year, Andy. And we will, as uh, we will roll on through the months. And, and we, uh, Matt Snyder and I talk about the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, and what it means for the off season and when we think baseball will return after they lock out here in about eighteen days, and, and how long and what that might look like going in to the off season. So we we cover all that. So we will uh, we'll talk about all that coming up in the interview with Matt Snyder. So something to uh something to look forward to uh to there next week on the uh on the show. You can expect a lot of talk about what we have this uh this weekend, what we have going on this weekend. Last weekend it was it was really a lot of I mean Luke Combs put on a hell of a show on Saturday night. AEW, I really I had no intention of going. Andy, when you and I recorded this on Thursday, I had no intention of going to the AEW on Friday night, and then Corey Inskip, sponsor of the show, texted me that he had tickets for it. So I, I told Hudson, I said, let's go. Let's, you know what? We will go out. We'll go get some burgers. We went to Bootleg and Barbecue. We got some burgers from there, and then we we went over to Shea Fitz for the show. Awesome. So, yeah, it was a it was a fun, uh, fun night for that. And then, you know, we're going to go back there for some Billiken's basketball, and I'll make sure to lock my car. Yeah, don't there. get your car stolen. Yeah, so I will, uh, I will, I will do that there. So, Andy. That being said, I said this was going to be a little shorter than usual, so it's time now to hit the music. And with that, Andy, it is time for our pick'em, our Claves Online football picks. This is Week Ten of the season. Our picks each and every week, brought to you by Kevin Miller of Caldwell Banker Gundaker. Find him online at smartmovestl.com and Triken Consulting, the leading pre-employment background investigation company in the metro area. With more than 50 years of combined experience, your agency can be certain that your candidate for hire has been fully vetted. Find them online at triken.net, T-R-I-K-E-N.net. That's T-R-I-K-E-N.net. Andy, I don't know if you looked at the standings, but oh my goodness, we have ourselves a uh, we we have ourselves a uh, a bit of a, a race, a hootenanny, if you will, Joe. Yeah, I uh, I've slipped up. 
I've uh, I've I've definitely dropped the uh, dropped the ball here the past uh, past few weeks, and I have allowed every single person back into this. Did I go zero four as well last week though? I don't know, Andy. You're four behind me right now, so I, I don't know what you went. Uh, me, Claves, and Howard Richards are all twenty-two and twenty-three. Brian Hoffman is twenty-one and twenty-four. Uh, Frank is twenty and twenty-five. You and Ben Boyd are eighteen and twenty-seven. That's that's not too far off. That's that's really not. So nope. a uh, a lot of catching up here. So this week. As per the request of Mike Claver, he asked for seven games. I put six games on the schedule. Six games on there. I went and I searched out some good ones. I feel like I've put a few trap games on here too. And judging by the picks I have in, we will uh, we'll see which direction everyone wants to go. Because we're some start. We're starting in the NCAA college football with. The Cincinnati Bearcats, Andy, traveling down to Florida to take on South Florida this week. The Bearcats are undefeated, but they are getting zero respect from the college football playoff committee as they are undefeated and they are currently not sitting in the top four. They are fifth ranked. Andy, South Florida is two and seven. They are bad. The spread is is 23 and a half. Wow. Klaibs, Hoff, and Frank have already picked Cincinnati. Are you bold enough to go against that and pick South Florida? Negative, Joe. I'm going Cincinnati. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. I, I want to. Oh. I want to, but... Why'd you, why'd you put that game on there? Because I really, really do think this is a try. I, I, I could see this being a trap game. Yeah. If you me. look at who Cincinnati has left on their schedule, they have games left. They are playing at South Florida, then SMU, and then Eastern Carolina. Okay. <sighs> could I, be. Yeah. It could, I, I just, I, I don't, I mean, you just don't know. You don't know where they might slip up. No, you sure don't, Joe. But I do think everybody's going to take Cincinnati in this one, which would... gives everybody a W, gives everybody a, uh, a win. Next up, though, this one should be a little closer. It is number eight, Oklahoma. They're 9-0 and against number 13, Baylor. They're 7-2. and Andy, Oklahoma, five and a half point favorites for this game. Uh, Joe, I'm not doing my usual uh, research on these this week. I'm going to go Baylor. Any uh, any reason why? Uh, I like Baylor at home. You know, Baylor or Oklahoma being undefeated. I'm still I'm going with them, and I think the committee is not uh, not too big a fan of them because of their quarterback situation they have going on right now. But a Big 12 team to be 9-0 and and to be on the outside looking in is so disrespectful. Really disrespectful. It, it's unbelievable that they're there right now, and I think it's going to piss them off, and I think it's going to lead them to victory. So there you go. There's the two college games on the schedule for this week. Next up, it is Browns at Patriots. We go to the NFL. Joe, um, it's always tough to beat New England at, New England at home. Uh, I'm going to stick with that thinking and stick with your uh, your New England Patriots. I uh, that's that's where Klaibs, 
Hoff and Frank all went. That's uh, that's where they decided to go with uh, with this one. You know what? Browns had a huge win last week. Browns are they got rid of the problem in the clubhouse that was Odell Beckham. I think the Browns continue to win. I think the Browns go into Cleveland, and I think they take the victory here. So I'm going against what you, Klaibs, and uh, Frank and Hoff all say, and I'm going Browns in this one. Um, do want to note, too, Howard Richards and Ben Boyd have not sent me their picks yet. So that's uh, so that's where we stand right now. Um, next up, Saints at Titans, Andy. This is a little bit tougher, Joe. Um, the Saints are uh, five and three. The Titans are seven and two, but they are not the same team um, that they have been all season with now missing uh, Derrick Henry. Um, Peterson scored a touchdown for them last. Oh, that! Week. How about that? that they blew out the Rams. Unbelievable that they did it. Um, I, I don't think they can maintain the magic, Joe. I think the uh, Saints take this one. You know, last week the uh, the Saints in their game against the Falcons lost on a last second field goal. Meanwhile, the uh, Titans, as we mentioned, blew out the the Rams. I think being back at home, I think having a week to a full week of practice without Derrick Henry and knowing what this team's going to look like probably for the rest of the regular season. I'm, I'm with Clay's Frank and Hoff. I'm going Titans on this, uh, on this one. Next up Seahawks at Packers. Andy, we have Aaron Rodgers back in the saddle. Seahawks at Packers. Uh, I'm going to go Packers. That's, that's where Clay's Hoff and Frank went. I think we are going to see kind of the opposite of the Browns. The Packers are adding back in the issue at hand. That is Aaron Rodgers. He's back there. He's back in the mix. I think the Seahawks go to Green Bay, and I think they win this game. I think you see more issues with the Packers this uh, this week, adding Aaron Rodgers back in. That's, that's where I'm going with this. And finally, Andy Chiefs at Raiders. Chiefs got a win last week. They beat the Packers at Arrowhead, but now they have to head to Vegas. Classic rivalry in the NFL, Joe. Uh, always a always a barn burner when these two meet. Um, I am going to go uh, again. The, the Chiefs did the Chiefs win last week? They yeah they they won. They beat the Packers at Arrowhead. Hang on, let me look at something here real quick. Yeah, Jordan Love's parents were sitting in the very top row at Arrowhead. Oh, how lovely. Yeah. Lovely for them. Um, I think they can keep it up. I'm going to go Chiefs. I, uh, it's, there, there's so many, there's too many issues. There, there's too many issues right now with that Raiders team. It is the, the Sunday night game. Yep. I, I, I still, I can't, I cannot bring myself to pick the Raiders right now with everything they have going on. In a uh, in a game right now that I mean, God, it's so important that I I'm picking the Chiefs. I think the Raiders are going to win though, but I'm putting my name next to the Chiefs. Has anybody picked the Raiders? Nobody has picked the Raiders yet. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough. Uh, I know. It's a tough pick, man. I know. I know. There you go. There's our picks. Our NFL, our college picks, our Claves online football pickums. 
right here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota. Hey, those picks brought to you by Triken Consulting and also Kevin Miller of Caldwell Banker Gundaker. You'll hear from him in just a uh, just a second. Do want to let you know, Munganass St. Louis Acura, they want you to give them a call, 314-822-2872 to see what they have on the lot as 2022s are starting to roll in. Munganass St. Louis Acura is the nation's only 29-time Acura Precision Team winner. You can uh, go there on Manchester, 13720 Manchester Road, or shop from home at stlouisacura.com. That's stlouisacura.com, the title sponsor here of Weekend Joe. We will take a break when we come back. Dan Shaughnessy of the Boston Globe, Matt Snyder of CBS, talking baseball with him. And then we will be back to talk a little crack slippers for you right here on Weekend Joe here on ClaybesOnline.com. Doug Vaughn here to tell you about one of my BFFs, Kevin Miller. He's been selling homes for more than 25 years, giving him the experience and knowledge it takes to help you through a smooth real estate transaction. If you're looking to buy or sell, give Kevin Miller a call and find out why customers keep coming back for his unique brand of service. This young fellow's got what I like to call want to. If it's important to you, it's important to Kevin. Kevin Miller and Coldwell Banker Gundecker, a winning team. Visit SmartMoveSTL.com. That's SmartMoveSTL.com. Hey, welcome back to Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota here on ClaybesOnline.com. As we uh, go now to our first guest for the show today, he is the Hall of Famer. He is from the Boston Globe. It's Dan Shaughnessy. Dan, welcome on in. How are you? I'm good, Joe. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, you have a new book coming out called Wish It Lasted Forever, which I know is a lot of basketball talk, a lot of Boston Celtics talk, which... Here in St. Louis, I have a feeling the Celtics have a pretty good following now due to uh, what Jason Tatum has done for your organization over the last uh, several years. Yeah, I know Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum have a, a great connection and uh, growing up there and being great star players in the league. And, of course, for the old timers out there, if you have any in your audience, I mean, St. Louis was pivotal to the Celtics' early success, you know, back in the in the 50s when, you know, the Hawks were great, Bob Pettit and all that, and the Celtics' first championship with Bill Russell was one against the Hawks in 1957. And, and there was a lot of rivalry in, the, in those days between the St. Louis Hawks and the Boston Celtics. And of course, sorry, y'all lost the Hawks and the Celtics have gone on, but uh, uh, we, we love it anyway. We, the, there's good Boston St. Louis rivalries for everybody because we had that, you know, world series in 04 and 013. I'm old enough to remember the 67 when the Cardinals got the Sox. And of course we were all there a couple of years ago when, St. Louis Blues won their first Stanley Cup and and you know beat the Bruins in a seven game series, winning Game Seven on the Garden Ice in Boston. That one still hurts here. <laughs> hey, don't forget too about the uh, the Patriots' first Super Bowl was was also against the uh, the St. Louis Rams too. So it it really does it encompasses all uh, all sports. And the the Blues were finally able to break that curse over those Boston teams. I th I'm pretty sure it's the only two cities that played each other in all four sports in a championship final. I don't think that's happened in any other stuff. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty, I think we researched that at the time because, you know, having the blues and the Bruins and there was a lot of good history there. And, and I was in St. Louis for all those, you know, the games we had there, the three games there and your town's great. It was just a great place. And we really enjoyed our time there. And, and the blues had trouble at home in that series, but they ended up, they, they certainly prevailed on the garden. 
Yeah, they uh, they did. It was, uh, you know, something to look back on. And uh, it feels like the last, you know what, the, the last two years of hockey and really for all sports yeah. just haven't felt like it's been truly there. And now whereas we're we're finally getting back into it for uh, for that. But I, I do want to talk about this. Well, first of all, too, I, with all that, you know, we talked a lot about the history in the last 20 some years of Boston St. Louis sports. What is the general feel right now in the Boston area about just sports in general with the way all four franchises are, are trending? Well, it's come back to earth quite a bit. I mean, you know, the first part of the century, they, we had 12 championship parades here in the, in the 21st century and, and, you know, the Sox winning four and the Patriots winning six Celtics, one Bruins one, but um, it's come back to earth a little bit last few years. I mean, the Sox got to the final four of baseball this year. That's an achievement. Uh, didn't make it to the world series. And, you know, the Cardinals, as we know, are there every year and the Celtics, we don't know. They got to the conference finals three times in four years. You know, Tatum was there for all that as a re- really young player. You know, they've gone backwards a little bit. And, you know, now you got Jason Tatum and, and you know, that Jalen Brown. They're the two guys, and they really don't have as much supporting cast as when they had Kyrie Irving and Hayward and those other guys and a younger Al Horford. So I'm not quite sure where that's going. Bruins are always in, in competition. The, the core, the same guys who played the Blues those years ago, we have Bergeron, Marchand. Those guys are still there, and we don't know how, you know, that's always in the spring. You get hot, do the whole thing. I just, I don't know. The Patriots are interesting right now because they got the rookie quarterback. You know, they're they're five and four. They would be in the playoffs if it started today. They're not what they were under Brady and all those years, but it's starting to come back in a pretty good way. There's a lot of parity, especially in the AFC right now. So they got a shot. They're, they're viable here again. So this is, and uh, you're going to have plenty more, I would imagine, uh, material to write books on in the future based on the last uh, two decades. But this is what, book number 13 that yeah. uh, that we're talking about today, Wish It Lasted Forever, which is uh, going to be released nationally uh, on Tuesday, the uh, the 16th. How long, for a book like this that, that goes back to the yeah. 70s and 80s, when do you first start writing this when do you come up with the idea for a book like this? It's really, it's it's a pandemic project. I mean, you go back to when we were all in our houses and there was no base, there was no no sports. There was no sports that time at the beginning of this thing. You know, March, April, May, June, 2020, just dreadful times, no live sports. And it was, you know, the last dance was kind of a thing. People would set their watch by to watch on Sunday night, see the whole Jordan thing and kind of reminded everybody of the ball in, in the 80s and 90s and how it was a little bit different then and pretty attractive. And the league was at a very high point of popularity. And uh, and then locally, I don't know how it was in your market, but they would show the Celtics classics from 86, 84, Larry Bird, Bill Walton, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish. And I kept seeing my young self on the video because in those days they, they, they wouldn't sell those seats. We The media was right there. They were too stupid to figure out they could make, you know, $5,000 selling the seats they were giving us for free every night because we were sitting right next to the bench and I was in my late 20s as the beat reporter for those Celtics in the 80s when they, you know, they got to, they won three championships. They got to five finals. They played the Lakers four times, made four finals in a row, all that stuff. So it was a very exciting time. And and seeing all that and, you know, my literary agents, smart guys, says, hey, you've been telling those those stories in bars for 40 years about all those days with Larry Bird and, and Dennis Johnson and Cedric Maxwell. And, you know, put that in a book here while we're all sitting around. So, uh, yeah, so. Instead of uh, people having babies out of the pandemic, you're getting all these books now, you know, nine months later and all that stuff. And this is one of them. It's a pandemic book. And one of the things, Joe, you could you could call people 
You call Bill Walton. You call Kevin McHale. Everybody's home. No one was going anywhere. So you could reach people and have conversations about the old days. And and uh, this is a really a, it's a fun romp. I mean, I don't want to promote it as the league was so much better then. It was so much more fun to watch. But it was, and it is, and it was just a joyous time to be young and to be covering the NBA. And I do think it was a better product then, and, and it's a little bit look back, but it's really fun. These guys, see, these days we really got to to know them. Like today's writers, it's not their fault, but there's a moat around the players, and you can't get near them. You sign waivers. You won't approach them off campus and this sort of thing. And But in our day – we travel with them. And this is the old guy talking here. You know, we flew commercial, stayed in the hotels, rode the buses, went to practice, waited for bags, all that stuff. So you can really tell your readers what they're like. You could tell them what Larry Bird's like, what Cedric Maxwell's like, what Bill Walton's like. And uh, we were just, we were, you know, other than uh, not having the, the money or the groupies or the fame, we were just like players on the team. We were with them all the time. So that was kind of a magical time. And you were able to really capture that. And there was a lot of, you know, just, busting chops and back and forth and and these that particular celtic team had a lot of trash talkers and guys who were very secure in their own skins with how good they were and they didn't mind going back and forth with the writers in those days so there's a lot of good fun stuff in there that that you know what you just said it reminded me i've heard stories rick hummel who uh, i'm I'm sure you're aware he is the stories that i've heard of the the Cardinal teams that he's covered sure. and the relationships he has with those guys, or even, you know, my boss, Mike Claiborne and, and some yeah. of the friendships that he has with some of the legendary Cardinal players. It, it seems like around the time that social media started to come out and these players were put more in a spotlight is kind of when they also started to pull back a little bit that now you're, so you're seeing today's players just maybe staying in their hotel rooms and yeah. kind of keeping away because instead of just as you know hanging out at a bar now it's you know one tweet away could could ruin a career for something they could be out doing so absolutely it's, yeah absolutely true it's very guarded now we understand that and they also they don't need the the newspaper writers anymore i mean nobody cares nobody reads the paper people get their their information in all the digital platforms and and the players can kind of skip past that middleman kind of thing that we were and, and relate, interact directly with their with their fans. So it's changed. It's nobody's fault. You don't bay at the moon, say this was better then and this was so great and they don't have it now. But this is the way it's evolved. But this is a chance to, to capture what it was like when it was different and when we were kind of relevant to what they were up to. And we were able to tell you, the readers, the fans, what these guys were like. Yeah, it's funny you, you talk about picking up the phone for for somebody that books guests for a living to talk to. That was such a great time, right? Because nobody had an excuse. No. They couldn't say, "I'm out. I got to cover a game. I'm out going? with the family." It's no, you're home. We all know you're home. Everybody's home. So <laughs> it was great. I, so when you call Bill Walton, how long do you stay on the phone with him? Well, you know the drill on this, Joe. I mean, he, Bill is, uh, Bill thinks of the Celtics as a life changing experience to him. He will, he will say. The Celtics saved my life. They gave me my life back. And, uh, you know, he was a little bit of an intimidating guy at UCLA in the early years in Portland with the ponytail and kind of a mystical creature and a little, little shy and uh, not really cooperative. But then by the time we got him in Boston, he, he was so grateful to be playing basketball again, doing what he loved and being on this team with Larry Bird. And, I mean, where do you see the quotes in this book from him? He just – he said, he said, Dan – Empty the thesaurus when you write this book. You can say anything you want about how great this was. And the title comes from him. He said, I wish it lasted forever. And that became the title of the book. And Bill is just, he gushes about this as only Bill can do. 
get him on the show and you know just walk out of the studio for three hours and he'll still be talking when you come back <laughs> I, you know so I, I gotta i gotta come clean i um so i am i am 36 and i was born in chicago yeah so I, my MBA, my, my, my MBA life that I know the, the coverage and everything sure. is, is the bulls is the, you know, six championships. So, but, but I, when I look back and I see highlights and you look at the run that those Celtics teams went on or the teams that they had, I, I mean, you see these super teams now of guys of friends yeah. that are put together, but I mean, back then, I mean, that was th those Celtics teams then uh, of bird and parish and those guys, I mean, they that Mikhail, I mean, those were super teams that the, the front office put together that they drafted. Right. And I mean, you're never going to see something like that again. No, that was organic how they how it came together. It was deal making. It wasn't guys meeting at the all-star game and agreeing to join each other and, and shooting their way out of town where they are. This was like Red Auerbach figuring out how to put assemble this team and the 85, 86 team. I know things change. Guys get bigger, more athletic, faster, whatever. But the 85-86, and I talked to a lot of them at the end, and this is the last chapter. Where Kevin McHale says, hey, if you let us play by the rules of 1986, I'll take our chances. I mean, they were they were 50-1 and one at home, 50-1 and one at home, and they mailed it in some days and didn't try that hard. It was a, there was five Hall of Famers, you know, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, Larry Bird, Dennis Johnson, Bill Walton. He's coming off the bench. Danny Ainge is the sixth player. He's starting – it was uh, it was crazy good, and they just killed everybody. And um, I don't know. I, I think that it's hard to, to to compare eras. We understand that, but again, the size thing. This is a team. I mean, Walton seven two, Parrish is seven feet, McHale six ten with seven foot arms, Bird was six nine, Farmstrong, Dennis Johnson's a six four guard who could just post up with magic. So they they were physical. They they translate to today's game. I mean, it's not the same game. But the inside-out way they played, their ability to pass the ball, defend, a lot of it's the way the rules are. There was a lot of just hacking. I mean, Mikhail said we would have all fouled out in the first quarter. So if they were applying the rules today, but it wasn't like that then. And it was a good product. And I think that that's a team that holds up well in the scheme of, uh, of, of NBA history. Oh, yeah. the, I mean, the teams, you know, those piston teams that you see in the fouls that that they yeah. uh, <laughs> that they would be called for and some of the stuff there. So, I, I mean, maybe this is just, you know, I, I'm, in, I'm in a non-NBA market, but maybe uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, being in the Boston area, Larry Bird's a top 10 player of all time. It still seems like he's underappreciated for, I, I guess, for what he did in his career. Well, I think he, I think he's not here. He's not in Boston, but I think that's probably true. And there's always going to be the bias. Well, he's a white guy. He didn't jump that high, didn't run that fast kind of thing. But you look at what he did. He was MVP three consecutive years in a league that had Magic and Michael Jordan. He's MVP in 83, 84, 85, and gets to the finals four straight years. He was on the Dream Team, and it was near the end of his career. It, it translates pretty well, I think, in any era because of the passing, the rebounding, wasn't a great defender, wasn't particularly fast. We know that. But, and, you know, he obviously had the long range. I mean, they weren't taking a lot of threes then. He might shoot 200 in a season, but now he's shooting a thousand more than that, whatever. So I think that would have translated pretty well. He won the first three three point contests in the NBA history that they had the All Star game. So he had that part of his game, no question. And I just think that that's an athlete whose skill set translates to any era. 
are there any stories that you that you had to leave out of this book uh, from from your times hanging out with them or, or something Bill Walton told you that you thought, eh, you know what, maybe maybe not. I mean, there there was there was hijinks and stuff that I mean, the stuff that we, we could put in that you couldn't write today. You know, when Bill Walton turned, I think it was 34. He was first year here in November. His birthday's in November. And in 1985, you know, his wife hired a stripper to come to practice and to do her, her performance at the end of practice at a Greek Orthodox college, you know, with, with two Mormons on the team. And it was, you know, this is not the kind of stuff you could do today. I mean, I wrote about it. We had a cartoon of the girl popping out of the cake and, and the player's wife had, had commissioned the, the strippers to, to do the, the drill. And I mean, they put Bill in a chair in the middle of the court and all this happened and that stuff would not fly today. I mean, there's a lot of kind of hijinks that's a weird thing to do and you know you got larry bird setting up his teammate to meet him at a gay bar and not telling him it's a gay bar and the guy shows up and larry doesn't show up and the guy's there like what am i doing here and just like stuff that you know it's a little it's a little risky i mean there's some things in this book that again you could not cover them and do it in a straight way today and say this is okay because that was just the times that we lived in and things were a little bit uh less i don't know sensitive or or you didn't touch nerves in those days the way you do now. The uh, the book, again, is called Wish It Lasted Forever. It's available uh, on Tuesday, November 16th. Uh, I, I imagine online and at all bookstores, wherever uh, wherever people go and get their uh, their reading material these days. Yeah, we'll be out there. You can pre-order it on Amazon. It'll be on all the stores starting on Tuesday. Dan, thank you so much. It sounds like there's going to be a lot of great stories in here for, uh, for all kinds. I mean, sports fans in general, because... I feel like nowadays Bill Walton has just transcended all of sports in a big way. And he deserves it. He's the, one of the most wonderful guys you could ever know. And don't forget Larry Bird, big St. Louis Cardinals fan. You grew up in rural Southern Indiana. You're a Cardinals fan and he loved his Cardinals. Dan, thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Joe. How much fun was that? Dan Shaughnessy of the Boston Globe and his, uh, and his new book coming out, as we mentioned, Hey, we have this on the YouTube page. For the uh, for the interview there, if you go to Weekend Joe and you search for uh, search for Claves Online, there you can uh, you can see all of the uh, the information on the book. Wish it lasted forever, which is coming out on Tuesday, November sixteenth, uh, with Dan Shaughnessy. Hey, this is Weekend Joe, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura, Munganas Alton Toyota. Here on ClavesOnline.com, also sponsored by Collinsville Auto Body. Collinsville Auto Body at 911 North Bluff Road gets you back on the road fast. Uh, give them a call or take your car in there to get an estimate. They'll work with most insurance providers to get you back on the road as fast as possible there at Collinsville Auto Body. We take another break. When we come back, it'll be Matt Snyder, CBS Sports. It's been a while since we talked with Matt, and we will get a head start on the MLB offseason. Coming up next right here, Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota, here on ClavesOnline.com. You're listening to Weekend Joe here on ClavesOnline.com, sponsored by Collinsville Auto Body. Collinsville Auto Body is at 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. And hey, they will work with most insurance providers to get you back on the road fast. If you're in a collision with a deer or anything else, uh, Collinsville Auto Body will help you out as I can speak to from past experience. Plus, I've known the family that's owned Collinsville Auto Body for at least the past 20 years now, maybe even 
even longer. And I can tell you that it's good people doing great work at Collinsville Auto Body, 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. Another fine sponsor here of Weekend Joe. And we're back here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota here on ClavesOnline.com. It's been way too long since we've had this man on the show. He is uh, my friend from CBS. He is Matt Snyder. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, I, I was just trying to think when he said it's been too long. Did we we probably talked after the All-Star game, right? I think we so. Colorado, yeah. Yeah, so it's I been, feel like we would have had to. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, we just months. talked enough there that we were just like, yeah, we don't need yeah. to do a show. No, I think we came on. I came on like right after that. I know, and I like you know, I like going to these All Star games now because I get I get to hang out with you. And yeah. with, since the the Cardinals aren't making, haven't made a World Series now in eight years, uh, that's that's the only way to get you into uh, St. Louis. So it's uh, now I have to go travel to these All Star games. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm, it's, I'm really broken up about the lack of Cardinals in the World Series, as I'm sure you know. <laughs> hey, how many radio stations are inviting you in and feeding you though on these uh, on all of these? There's a few, right? not not many. But oh wait, you, it's happened. It's actually happened since before. Yeah, um, San Diego, the Gwen and Chris show. Oh, son of a bitch. Um, yeah, <laughs> less than five. Less than five. You're still. It's still an exclusive list. All right. Well, I will next time that, you know, they, they, they have, they have enough money going into this off season where they should build a world series contender with that. But before we do that, I, you know, we, we, you have Houston, Atlanta, that world series is over. You actually got to go cover a world series again after one year off, uh, like many people in, in our industry for many different uh, sports who were, were able to, uh, to do that. Your, uh, your impressions of the, uh, of the stadium down there in Atlanta. It's very good. I, you know, I I don't like that they took it away from downtown, and it seems like they really wanted to be up in the suburbs, kind of snubs the inner city folk. Uh, I don't love that aspect of it, but if we're talking about just the ballpark itself, it's really nice. I mean, it's new. It, it should be really nice, and, and, and it is. It's a, it's a really nice ballpark, unique dimensions in the outfield, which I'm always a big fan of. I, did, I, I didn't like any, any cookie-cutter type stuff. Uh, it's really nice. Uh, could do without the excessive tomahawk chopping, but hey, you know what? It's they were into it. Uh, both crowds, I thought, other than maybe game six, because the wind got taken out of the place in Houston, I think they kind of saw the writing on the wall. But other than that, both places were really, really electric, and it was a lot of fun. I almost think they were extra electric because of the year off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would think, uh, yeah, I think that was the case with fans everywhere. Plus, Atlanta, when it comes to an auxiliary press box, I don't think you're going to find a better one than where the uh, where the Braves put you, than the uh, the Hank Aaron uh, yeah. the seating area too. Yeah, it was a Hank Aaron. Gosh, it was a Hank Aaron something. Hank Aaron ports or something like that. Yeah, it was really cool. Like there were seats inside, but you also there were a few rows outside. I went outside for game. This is the second one, game four, uh, and stayed out there little colder than I'd like when I'm trying to type, you know, I can sit through it if I'm watching a game and I've got a beard and everything, but when I'm actually trying to work and your hands are kind of shivering, like, yeah. So when game five, I stayed inside, but you know, you can still see everything. He's, I still walked outside. Like when the Braves first take the field, I still get chills, like a world series game, seeing the home team take the field and the crowd go crazy. So I had to go outside for that just to get the atmosphere. I offered to buy you dinner one of those nights too when you were in Atlanta and you never replied to me. When, what? Uh, yes. 
that giant well, it was on a, it was a tweet you tweeted out a picture of that oh, yeah. uh, giant I, I, sandwich. I probably don't even look at my mentions during the game I should have texted you I, I was going to Ven- our text we're like yeah yeah um, I was going to Venmo you twenty two dollars to go buy that sandwich oh that's right okay I did see that <laughs> yeah that uh the southern thing with like two eggs on top yes of sandwich that had a double cheeseburger with short rib and bacon and then two eggs over the top like it's plenty of protein. That's for sure. I was I was willing to buy you that. I sent the same offer to Ryan Fagan of Sporting News, and he uh, he turned it down too. So, none of- <laughs> I just I, that would have been a ridiculous mess to try to deal yes. with that in the press box or in your seat. Like I don't know why any fan would want to do that and try to work through that in their seat. Right? No, absolutely. That's I, I have been so I this past year. I I hit up a lot of ballparks for the first time this uh, this year. I, I did Milwaukee, um, Colorado, Minnesota, Kansas City. All those for the first time went to uh, went to all those, and then you know my regulars of Comiskey, Wrigley, Bush. You know the ones that I, I usually frequent every year. But I made a point this past year to see how many different helmet nachos I could collect over. <laughs> <laughs> So it's what actually I've got it's going a door. Here, what yeah. I've got going on here, you need to line up all your helmets. I have a right. door behind. I can't get to it yeah. because of this thing's in front of the door right now. But I have them all behind me, and I did. I think there was one state. I didn't go in Wrigley. I did the rooftops at Wrigley, so I wasn't actually in Wrigley to figure out if they had helmet nachos. But that was one of my uh, that was one of my goals this year was to see how many collections of helmet nachos. Or helmet food because uh, the Dodger Stadium, I got garlic fries in a uh, in a helmet, so that yeah, was uh, that, that's what I had to do there for that yeah. one. Yeah, but no, that was yeah that was kind of my my food around uh, my my look around baseball because I know every year you do the you do the food uh, the food post. Yeah, I'm hopeful. Hopefully, I get to bring that back. Uh, you know, because there wasn't a lot this year. At the start of the year, a lot of ballparks didn't have much capacity. Some didn't have any, but I think by next year, I'll be able to bring that back and do it again. And people and teams should come up with better ideas yeah. then too yeah, for, I think so. uh, for that. Absolutely. Uh, so here we go. We're, we're in the off season. You know, there's this, right? I mean, it feels like, and maybe it's just because here in St. Louis, it's more money than they've ever had to play with that I can remember in the past 10, 15 years. But it does seem like there is going to be, and maybe with the collective bargaining agreement, the DH being added, it does seem like this might be one of the the wildest off seasons that we get with the way that teams are going to go about building for next year. I mean, the day after the World Series, you already saw the Reds go, eh, we'll, we'll take and a year off. off. Yeah, terrible. Pathetic. <laughs> it is. Um, for no reason. We don't know if everybody will, but there are a lot of teams that could spend a ton uh, as you mentioned, the Cardinals, but there's also like who haven't been involved the last few years who could. Cubs don't have much money at all in the books. Rangers hardly have any at all in the books. Tigers don't have much on the books, and they look like they're ready to start turning the corner maybe with Spencer Torkelson getting close. They've already brought up Casey Mize. They were a lot better than a lot of people thought last year. So if all of a sudden you say usual suspects throw Cubs, Tigers, Rangers back in the mix – Surely the Angels want to try to do something before Mike Trout gets too old, especially capitalizing off of Otani. You know the Dodgers aren't going anywhere. You know the Mets are going to want to spend some. The Yankees look like they're ready to to go at it again. Uh, you mentioned the Cardinals. There's a lot of teams. Well, Braves. Braves just won the World Series. They've got a lot of resources, but they also have a ton of free agents, including Freddie Freeman. 
but also a lot of the guys they brought in were rentals. So there's a lot of teams that could spend a lot that are going to be right there. That that's it seems like a like an issue. You know, the Nationals when they won the World Series a few years ago, it was the year after they lost Harper. Mm-hmm. The the Braves win after you know losing Acuna in the middle of the season, and now and then as soon as the Nationals won two. They let Rondo, uh, Anthony Rendon walk away, and now the Braves are, are sitting there with one of their best players and Freddie Freeman, who could walk away. But God, it really seems like there is so. just no chance that he yeah. ends up anywhere outside of Atlanta. I, I can't see it. I, I don't. I'm surprised they've let it get this far. Um, but surely the talks are ongoing. They want each other both badly, even if they have to overpay, quote unquote, overpay to get him. I, I don't see how they don't do that right now. I mean, you got to make him a, a, a life or a franchise legend. I mean, he, he's won as many titles as like Chipper Jones did, <laughs> right? So actually, did he win? They only won in 95. Did so no, I, I don't think Chipper was, uh, he might have. I'm, look, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm bringing, I'm going to, I'm going to try to Google quicker than, than whatever, wherever you can get it and see if we can, uh, see if we can find that out. And uh, I think he um, came up after that world series champion 95. Yeah. He, 95? Uh, he was okay. on the team. He was on the team in 93 was his rookie year. Oh, okay. or, so, or that's what when he like, came up. So 95 might've been his rookie year. Andrew Jones. That was later, but okay. So again, he has the same number of titles as Chipper. Chipper's a Braves legend. I think you got to make Freddie something like that. It says here, Chipper Jones was on the coaching. He was a hitting consultant. I mean, that man was sitting in the yeah. third row catching foul balls. <laughs> He's he was around like, I, uh, after it doesn't matter what game, one of the games when I was down on the field, Oh, it was game five is the only time they took BP on the field at Atlanta. When I went to walk back up, he was out and about in like the third and fourth row posing with fans for pictures and stuff, signing autographs, saying hi to people. Like he's a rock star. And I think that's what they need to do with Freddie. Yeah. That's uh, you. And they, I'm trying to think of other guys that they've had come through. I mean, everybody else kind of went else. I mean, all, their their pictures, Jones, the, the pictures that you left, uh, you know, Greg Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz, they all went elsewhere at the end of their careers. I mean, they're still mostly Braves, is what you think of, but yeah, Chipper's the one that you think of that was like career Brave from that group that used to win the division title every year. So I think that Freddie's got to be this generation version of that, along with Acuna. I mean, I know he, he was hurt. He's going to be their superstar for the next several years, uh, but you got to build around those two guys. I mean, you're, you know, you, you're a huge Cubs fan and we saw this past year, what happened with them kind of, you know, they won in 16 and then they trade away their core and now yeah. the Braves, yeah, they didn't have Acuna, but they have those guys, they have Ozzy Albies, they have Freddie Freeman, they have Acuna there. Is there, I mean, is there going to come a time where they're going to have to look and choose which one? I mean, if, if they keep Freeman this year, is there going to come a time where they have to choose between Ozzy and Acuna? And maybe. And the choice would be Acuna. I think uh, Ozzy's on that really, really, really team-friendly deal. So once he gets close to the end of that, I think his agent's going to be like, dude, you have to get paid somewhere. And uh, if the Braves say we already signed Friday to this, we, we're going to commit to Acuna for his career, which they should, and I think they will, then it's going to be Albies who has to go. So, yeah. Have you looked yet at the kind of musical chairs that's going to be shortstops uh, in general this offseason? Because that does seem somewhat. Yeah, that does seem like that's going to be kind of the big one of, okay, who ends up where? Yeah. And I, I can't imagine. I think it's going to be a team that ends up without a chair rather than a player. Yeah. Right? I think that's yeah, the no, way it's going to end up. There's in a the lot end. of uh, 
talk about like the Yankees and Correa, but also the Yankees and Seager. You've seen Seager connected the Rangers. I'm sure the Dodgers will be involved on some level with somebody. There's a lot of talk on Correa to the Tigers. I mentioned they have a lot of money to spend, but you've got the AJ Hench connection as well. Um, you know, you've got Javier Baez in there who would stay in New York and play second base if he can play with Lindor, but he could also be a shortstop. Marcus Simeon coming off. He's had two career years the last two full seasons. He wasn't good in the 60-game season, but how real was that? 2019 and 2021, he was an MVP candidate. He showed he can play gold glove at second, but he's still a good defensive shortstop too. So <laughs> it just depends on how bad these teams want to, to land a shortstop. There's a lot of teams that could. It'll be really interesting to see how it shakes out. So where uh, speaking for the Cardinals, where do you see them playing into uh, some of those names? I don't they, Korea. I don't think there's any chance. I mean, we can throw Korea no. out the out the window with that. Are they are they done with the young? And that's I kind of I think like a it, big thing of this too is where does where does the DH fall for them? If I, they I are able, that's the thing. Like with the Cardinals having such good defense, and we just saw them win five Gold Gloves with another finalist than Yadier Molina. It seems like you need a. a I mean, I don't want to say you can't field, but a bat first guy who makes sense at DH, um, maybe somebody who can play the corners and you can cycle Goldschmidt and Arenado through DH just to keep them fresh. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it's a shortstop type because you have to be on there. It, it, maybe it's a waste of resources. Um, I don't know. And I have Sosa, and Mundo Sosa came on and played. I mean, he, yeah, he, he started did. that wild card game over yeah. DeYoung. He took DeYoung's spots. It could just be a down year. Um, it's an I interesting mean, conversation for sure. Yeah, you said I, almost everywhere else, other than they, like they who's be, yeah. DH and who's going to shake out at shortstop. I mean, I, how how much would you hate to see Schwarber end up a uh, a Cardinal? Uh, I mean, I, DH. It's funny you, you say that. Like, uh, I will admit, yeah, the the trade deadline day was pretty tough. I mean, you think those are my guys who finally won the World Series title, and I got to see it. Not only that, but Lester got traded to the Cardinals then. Um, but, uh, you know, like to see Bryant, Javi, and Rizzo go within like, what, 24 hours of each other. That was pretty tough. But honestly, like two weeks later, I was already kind of 2016 can't get taken away from me. And uh, the group was stale, you know, so I just seeing it all happen at once was kind of jarring. But in a couple weeks, I kind of made my peace with it. And, you know guys playing different uniforms all the time. It doesn't take away from what happened. So the short answer to that is eh, whatever. I'd be okay with it, I guess. I mean, I already had to deal with Dexter Fowler going right to the Cardinals right away, right after he hit the leadoff home run in game seven. So years in the making. So yeah, I'd be okay with it. You had to watch John Lester. I mean, almost, yeah, you know, lead him to a, lead him to a playoff uh, run too. I don't know but... if I'd say lead. You know what? I, he, like you he, look at he's it. He's the kind and... of guy now he can gut out five innings for you when you need it. Which they, which is exactly what yeah. they needed, and yeah. it's so crazy to look at how the narrative flipped for the Cardinals from the trade deadline. Oh, I completely through, made fun of. The, I couldn't believe what they end did. of September because yeah. honestly, on on you know the on that trade deadline, we were sitting there talking about how they went after Happ and Lester, so Oviedo would never have to throw a pitch in the in the majors in 2021 again, so they could just develop him down in Memphis and not have him face big league hitting. And then by the middle of September, you're sitting here going, huh, 
all right, they got veterans now that are. I, I legitimately thought he was just trolling Cubs fans because not only knowing that all those guys were going to get traded, like, hey, hey, I'll put in another dagger in there when I trade for Lester and make him wear a Cardinals uniform. <laughs> and they, I mean, it really did. It worked. It was like, yeah. oh, okay, these guys can still pitch. Not only can they eat innings, they're. They're out there giving serviceable innings for this. And yeah. it was, I mean, it really was just and then how classic Cardinal, Cardinal Devil magic. On the stretch. And I mean, I, I will say I, I cannot sing the praises of Adam Wainwright enough. I, he was, I, I was going to say, I thought he was cooked two years ago, but he kind of was. And then to bounce back and pitch like that, and he's going to get Cy Young votes for the first time since I think 2014 at that age. And to go out in the, the wild card game and basically match zeros with Max Scherzer. And I know Scherzer didn't have his best stuff, but still you can't say enough for what kind of season Adam Wainwright had. That was amazing. And then on top of that, he goes and, and broadcasts the ALDS games and he's outstanding at it. He's great. <laughs> and that's one of those. And I know you've, you, you've experienced it plenty of times where there are, there are players who want absolutely nothing to do with the media and just yeah. despise the media. And then when they retire, go, Oh, I, I want, I want a job in the media. And they want to do that where Adam Wainwright is the exact opposite where yeah. he welcomes talking and he knows, yeah, I, I don't know if it's shy. so much. He wants a microphone in front of his face. I think he respects that it, people are trying to do a job. And but they, it wasn't just, and that's what makes for the sake of talking like a rod does a lot. Yeah. He was actually like a natural and was comfortable. And it's the, I know he did it like uh, the year before too. I think he did the Rays Astros series. Yeah. That's what um, I'm saying. That's what's so good about seeing yeah. him so good in that spot is that he actually welcomes the media, you yeah. know, re responsibilities that he has as a player that to see him actually go and thrive doing that. It's like, okay, you know, one of the, one of the guys that you actually root for in all aspects. And in like Pierzynski is annoying to me a lot of the time, but they were actually playing really well off of each other. It was a, it was a pretty good team. And then three man booths can get tricky sometimes, but uh, Amin did a great job of, and then those two together, it was a great booth. Yeah. It, uh, I can't, you know, hopefully, hopefully he, he's not able to do it again next off season, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then once he retires, man, get him in there instead of Smoltz. I just, I'm so tired of hearing Smoltz complain, at least in the world series, I get a reprieve from that. Cause I don't have to hear it at some point because that happened too in it, with the MLB Network, their um, their broadcast when it was Buck Showalter oh, Jim and Jim Cott, Cat, Cott, uh, Cott complains the entire time about today's game. It, yeah. And it's just over and over again about the yeah. the complaints. I mean, we're supposed to be trying to get people to watch it, not tell right. them how much our product sucks. Give me give me our version of Tony Romo in the booth, and, and maybe that is Wainwright. But give me our version of Tony Romo, who's excited about the game basically the entire time. It's just somebody that understands why they're doing that because they had no problem talking about when a player got a hit against the shift, but they never once would bring what it up if a guy grounded in the right place. Yeah. yeah. Look at how brilliantly the shift worked that time. Right. That For and that, Braves, it was just a routine ground ball. And it was actually a big story with the Braves because from in like the middle of July, they said, we're not shifting enough. And they went up to Ron Washington and they coordinated this new program of shifting and it worked on the stretch, and they had the best defense in baseball, especially in the infield, in the last two months. And it was a big story going into the World Series. I'm going to guess that John Smoltz never talked about that. <laughs> didn't hear it. I'm just going to guess. 
So you mentioned Ron Washington. I, I they the A's haven't announced uh, who their new manager is yet, taking over from Bob Melvin. I, I I would imagine Ron Washington's in the running True. for that job. But the A's, and we've already mentioned the Reds, and it looks like the Rockies too. With whatever they are doing with John Gray, whatever the decision they made with that, which is just mind boggling, you can already see which teams are going to be selling. And which players might be out there on the uh, on the market? Yeah, I that they would love to have Wash, I'm sure, and that would be a great hire. I just don't know if you're Wash if that's the situation you jump into. I mean, he's a two time pennant winner. His stock is really riding high for this postseason. I mean, he was a rock star for being a third base coach for the Braves. When do you see a third base coach get that much attention? And he almost never made any bad send or hold, but also all the the credit he got rightfully. So working with infielders and uh, even Marcus Simeon, when he, he won the gold glove at second and they said, do you want to credit any coaches? And he, he, he went back and he said, actually in my A's days, Ron Washington worked with me so well. Um, his stock's never been higher. I don't know how you take that job right now. I mean, there's a reason Melvin left the writing's on the wall here. You know, they let, they let Hendricks and Simeon walk before last year. They're probably going to trade Olsen. They're probably going to trade Bassett. They're probably going to trade Chapman. They just raised season ticket prices when they're going to tank because they're trying to move. I mean, it's, it's like Rachel Phelps is involved in the ownership decisions right now. Did you get the reference? Major I did. No, I did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're on, you're you, I mean, you're doing this in St. Louis. You could have said Stan Kroenke too. And okay. that would have been, but yeah, that's that what is. they're doing. Yeah. They're trying to get a new ballpark. So they're trying to sink attendance. So if you're on Washington, sure. You want to manage again, but you have a pretty good gig right now as a third base coach and an infield coach with a team you love and your stock's never been hired. You can't take that job. You just can't. It's going to end up being a first time manager, uh, not necessarily the same situation as Kevin Cash with the Rays, but it'll be somebody like that, like a, a catcher who retired within the last two or three years who wants to get into managing. That's it's that's what's going to happen in Oakland. Yeah, that the Matt Olson one with him being on the block, I, I would love to see the Cardinals take a. Uh, there's your there's your DH. But I mean, he's definitely. you know. Yeah. What do you? I mean, that's you have two Gold Glove first basemen there. And yeah. You're you're gonna have to switch. Are you gonna ask him to switch off back and yeah. forth over who plays the field? I, I with two I'm guys crushed. that love playing defense that much, I can't. Yeah. I can't see somebody, how that well, goes over. Uh, I don't know Olson quite as well, but somebody like Goldschmidt is somebody who would say they don't like DHing and they want to yeah. play defense every day because it makes them feel more into the game. Yeah, yeah, so that's where that, that's the hard part. I know you mentioned you know giving a day off for that. It, it's different when they're both gold glovers, though, because that's the thing. Split time, even if they both played eighty-one games on the field and DH eighty-one games, they'd both be like, oh, "Come on, let me play the field more." Right, and then yeah. you know the Cardinals' gold glove second baseman is a guy that played what. 40, 50 games in right field this this past year too. So it's they, they, it, it is and. And that that's what makes the move to to get rid of Schilt so so much so curious and there, there's weird. stuff that we are never going to find out yeah, about. Absolutely, something and, happened. Something happened. Right, it's something. Maybe happened one between, day somebody will talk, but hey, you never know. And, and given how both sides have acted so far, I, I can't imagine that's something that we'll see happen within the next five to ten years. Well, yeah, and, and Schilt took the high road too. Right, that's what so I'm saying. With the way he's not going to see it from either side. So, and that's something that, you know, he put such an emphasis on there when he took on defense, when he took over for Matheny, that there was, there, there was something else there that just wasn't clicking in that organization. 
So it's, yeah, it is. So we got the GM meetings going on right now in, in Carlsbad. And then uh, where are the winter meetings this year? Uh, Orlando or not necessarily Orlando, but I think it's the Disney world resort. So like Lake Buena Vista or whatever, but Orlando area. There's I know there's are there's media members right now with the GM meetings and yeah. are you going are you planning on going to the winter meetings? Are they I hope not. When I, I talked to my editor and I said, if you want to send me, I'm not going to argue, but I will just say I think it's a waste of time and money, and I would rather just stay home. And where said, where do you think or how do you see this off season? playing out not from a free agency and trade standpoint but right now with the collective bargaining agreement yeah what um, do you what do you see happening it'll drag uh there i'm gonna say you can't say zero percent but i'm gonna handicap it at like two or three percent chance that the actual regular season is affected because both sides know they can't do that coming off the pandemic season and the negotiations when there were no sports and we had the chance to be the only sport going a lot of people got pretty mad at, at both sides there and uh, our TV ratings weren't great as a result. Now, 2021 bounced back. Huge TV ratings, relatively speaking. Obviously, we're never going to touch the NFL. But Major League Baseball had a big season in 2021. And I think both sides see how bad 2020 was, was for the game, how good 2021 was for the game. We can't kill that momentum. Both sides know that. So they also know that they have time. So we're going to hear lockout whenever the collective bargaining agreement is up. I think it's like 20 days or something. And uh, it'll it'll go through December. It'll go into January, maybe even into like the first week of February. I want to panic until February 1st. And maybe there's a chance spring training gets compacted a little bit. But I feel like when that gets closer, the players have leverage because the players want shorter spring training. And the owners know they make a lot of money on spring training attendance nowadays. It's a cottage industry it hurts the owners a lot more than the players if there's no spring training. So if it starts to get that close, the players have the leverage. I feel like the owners would like to wrap it up around mid January. So they don't have spring training impacted. And we, we know the DH is coming. Probably. We, we know that the, playoffs. the runner on second is going away. What about playoffs? I would say expanded playoffs are going to happen the way they did it in 2020 or, no, or how No, we're going to get that seven team format. So the one seed's going to get a bye, and then there's going to be three wild card series of three games that don't change homes. It'll just be a three game series that the better seeds home, and maybe we'll get the wrinkle that they talked about, where the one seed gets to pick their opponent, and then the next highest seed gets to pick their opponent for the divisional round. God, that I mean, just from a legit like I, I get it. Okay, that show, but... that show would do monster numbers. It will, but I'm just thinking of how, I mean, how many days off from the end of the season till they play a game does that first seed have then? Maybe one. I mean, if you think about the the series that starts Friday, the number one seed has from, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they have four days off and then they go to play Friday. You could do the three gamers. It might only be one extra day off. If that's the case, then I'm that's I, I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's. Uh, and I mean, they take the All Star break off, so like, I, I don't think it's as big of a deal to get some rest and get your pitching in order. Um, 162 games is a grind. I, I kind of feel like they embrace the give me that time off. So what's the big? What's the big argument here then? Because is it going to be when players are eligible for first time free agency? Is that the big thing? Yes, is it, it, it's is all that- it's. 
it, it, honestly, a lot of this goes back to goes back to Albert Pools because it used to be you're going to get drastically underpaid in your pre-arbitration years, probably underpaid your first year in arbitration, maybe the second. But once you hit free agency, if you're a star, you're going to get overpaid. And somebody like Albert Pujols, he's made just about as much money as he should have made in his career. He was just really underpaid for a little bit in St. Louis and then really overpaid toward the end with the Angels. After that contract, teams started saying, eh, I don't know if we want to overpay on the back end anymore. And uh, now the players are going, okay, well, then pay me properly on the front end. And we could talk about the service time manipulation on Chris Bryant, who, by the way, when he won MVP in the Cubs won World Series, he made exactly a million dollars that year. What was he worth to the Cubs? 40? Uh, Carlos Correa in 2017, when the Astros won the World Series, made $600,000. What was he worth to the Astros that year? $30 million? So it's a big point of contention, the service time, when you can hit free agency, how much money you make before you hit free agency. That's pretty much all it is on the compensation front. And the then I guess the players that are arguing that too are the ones you know the guys that are the head of their their the players association are ones that have already gotten paid and they're just yeah. looking yeah, for the future of the still, game. So you're talking about guys who know I actively got screwed when I was younger, but I knew I was going to get paid more as I got older. Man, we, this has to even out if you're not going to overpay on the back end anymore. So. I don't know. Hopefully nothing uh, nothing too drastic as far as spring training goes. And maybe we just get a week of free agent frenzy whenever that, it's... See, uh, that's the one thing is I was feeling like from a job perspective, I do have the Hall of Fame from like mid-December to mid-January. But before the I start writing about Hall of Fame, I feel like it's going to be a few annoying weeks of doing negotiations. But then I did think about earlier earlier today, I actually thought like, ooh, once they do get it though, if there's only like two weeks... Before spring training starts, it is going to be an absolute frenzy, kind of like the winter meetings used to be. And I mean, there's a chance too over these next two weeks that you're going to get a lot of stuff too. That it, I don't feel like on the big end, unless it's like Freeman re-signing with the Braves. But I feel like a lot of the big guys want to wait and see what the climate is going to be, or, or maybe trade. the teams do. Maybe the teams do. Yeah, I mean, you could see trades happening maybe. too, and. I just, I think, you know, you, you threw a maybe out there as far as the DH goes. I, I just, I think every, I think all 15 national league teams are operating or going into this off season operating as yeah. they, they get that. Most that's the thing is like on the expanded playoffs and DH, I feel like both sides agree. So that it shouldn't take much negotiation. Even if one side thinks it has leverage, it's like the players know it provides a job for maybe an aging position player. And they have a lot of those in the union, an aging position player who could slide into a DH and maybe squeeze another year or two out of his career. And on the expanded playoffs, well, the players say we have more chances to make the playoffs and that's good. The owners say I have more chances to get revenue from playoff games at home. So they're both going to agree on those things. We'll see how it plays out, Matt. Thank you so much for uh, for taking the time. It's uh, It's been way too long, and hopefully uh, we uh, we can ma- meet up again at some point in the offseason and talk things out of uh, whenever baseball uh, figures out their CBA. Hopefully sooner rather than later. That's my guy, Matt Snyder of CBS Sports, here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota. Hey, we are also sponsored by Glory Pro Wrestling. And uh, after this past weekend's uh, just outstanding show at the South Broadway Athletic Club, they have announced 
a next show. One more here in 2021. It is coming up on December 5th, and it's hosted by The Riz Show from 105.7 The Point. It's December 2 Riz member. So you're already going to get your favorite people from The Riz Show there in attendance for this uh, for this show. But listen to this. They have booked for meet and greet appearances, Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner. That's right. Scott Steiner is going to be at the South Broadway Athletic Club in St. Louis for December 2 Riz member. Hey, also, they're going to be uh, helping benefit Operation Food Search out there as well. Uh, they're back to the 3 p.m. start time for that. And I can tell you, too, front row tickets already sold out. Uh, I was there at the event this past Sunday when those front row tickets sold out. So all that's left are general admission tickets. Those are $20. Kids tickets are $10. And it's a family-friendly event. There, Your kids are going to have an amazing time out there at Glory Pro Wrestling's December 2 Riz member. Find it online, gloryprowrestling.com for tickets and information. We take a break. When we come back, wrap things up with some crack slippers. Got some good ones today that we will talk over right here on Weekend Joe. Driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota. It's claimsonline.com. Recent events have shown that life can turn in an instant. This has caused many people to realize that estate planning is essential. The Inskip Law Firm is here to help with everything from trust and wills to power of attorney, deeds, and probate. They have systems in place to service your needs without having to have an in-person consultation, flat fees so that you know what you're paying ahead of time, and they make the whole process easy. Call now, 314-818-0344. Just a quick chat and you decide together what services are right for your situation. That's the Inskip Law Firm, I-N-S-K-I-P. And remember, the choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertising. Welcome back into Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota. It's the final segment here of the uh, of the show as it's a little shorter. I know we're, we're going a little shorter than usual. Andy, a little bit under the weather, but he is uh, he's being a trooper and he is uh, battling on here in the uh in the show andy uh we will we'll be back stronger next week we'll be a little earlier next week too i'm heading to nashville on thursday so they uh we'll do the show wednesday here so that's uh oh, it'll be a little, yeah we'll be uh doing a little short here before i head over to uh to nashville the the music city they uh they call it nashville so, vegas i've heard it called too, i've, I've heard it called that i've also heard belleville called bell vegas so hopefully yeah. nashville's a little more exciting although i've heard that when you call a piece of shit a diamond it's still a piece of shit i, w- I thought you said pizza at first it took me a second to oh. walk my way through that one yeah piece of shit piece of shit Oh, you know what's not a piece of shit it's crack slippers we do it's it each not. and every week and andy if you uh, if you would this shitty segment. <laughs> Drop out of that, Joe. Some stories just aren't meant to hit the mainstream news. We picked those stories up here on Weekend Joe. These are the Crack Slippers with Joe Roderick on ClavesOnline.com. Andy, I'm going to start with uh, with this just uh, quickly. I-, I saw this story the other day, and I- we don't get drama like this uh, too often in the world of sports. 
Paris Saint Germain, the uh, the football team over um, in France, uh, women's uh, football team. East French. What? East French. Uh, yeah, uh, the midfielder Amanita Diallo. She has been released from custody. She was uh, detained oh. for questioning on Wednesday, Andy, oh about an attack on her teammate Kiera Hamurai. Oh my goodness! According to the Versailles prosecutor's office, she has been released whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, let's without charging. Let's go uh, back. To but that. there still is an investigation going on. You see, Andy, masked men, masked men attacked Hamurai following an evening out with Diallo and another teammate. They think Diallo was pulling a Tanya Harding. Ooh, yeah. Joe Amaro was hit several times with a metal bar and needed stitches in her hands and legs. It's Versailles, not Versailles. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It's okay. Sorry. I took French in high school. I should know that. You should know. Oh my God. You should know that. Yeah. It's been a long time though. Yeah. Anyway, that's cool. Uh, so she, so she got Tanya Harding, huh? And that's what it sounds like. And they thought they questioned this, uh, the, the woman on the team, I guess she backs her up on the on there. Maybe wanted some extra playing time, and yeah, there. Uh, but so far, nothing, uh, nothing coming of it. But something. It's a story to follow. It's a, uh, definitely a story space. to follow. You know what else is a story to follow? What's that, bud? These stupid celebrity boxing matches. They're real stupid. So there is one coming up. I, I don't know the date on it i'm sure i could look quickly and find the date on uh on this andy it is uh the the main event the it's december 18th the main event is jake paul versus tommy fury Mm -hmm. that they're there i'm reminded of this every time there are two paul brothers there's jake paul and logan paul they're two different people completely different people um, I don't know which one. I, I don't know the difference between them. I, I I couldn't tell you. Don't care to learn. Not gonna look it up. Okay. But Andy, on this undercard, on this undercard, it has been announced. Frank Gore, the NFL running back. It says here ex NFL running back. I don't think he's officially retired. I think he's waiting to find a job. Is going to fight former NBA. And fighting Illini point guard Duran Williams. Wow, wow, wow. They're both going to weigh in at 215, and it's going to be for four rounds. Apparently, Gore's been training and boxing for years. And has actually declined advances from NFL teams this year to focus on his first fight. Williams is a longtime combat sports enthusiast and has trained for years in MMA. He's also part owner of an MMA gym in Dallas. That's where he's going to train for this fight. Gore, 38 years old. 38 years old was yep. with, uh, yeah, he was with the Jets in 2020. I don't see an age here on Duran Williams. I feel like he's around our uh, my age. Yeah, I feel I like he's around your age. He was on yeah, that 2005 team, right? I thought so. He was on the he was on the team that went to the Final Four. Yeah, yeah. So that was, Andy, that was 16 Andy, years that's ago. Not the only, Andy, that's not the only card or fight that might be on the uh, the undercard here. You're kidding. Andy, Jake Paul's girlfriend, Julia Rose, has challenged Tommy Fury's girlfriend, Molly Mae Hogg, 
to a mud wrestling match. Shut up, Joe. Shut up. You're lying. That's according to TMZ. Well, they know all. Yeah. So very much looking forward to uh, to this. Well, it's good luck to all the. Uh... It says Jake Paul's girlfriend, but Jake Julia Julia Rose her. Uh, her Instagram, her name is Julia Rose Paul. So I guess she's just taken on his name. Yeah. Hey, even though we're not married, we're married. Right. Suck it, big Take boy. Take on the name for the Insta, for the Insta fame. Right. Okay. Well, good luck to the uh, stormy combatants there, Joe. I know. It's uh, something to look at. If you need, if you need to, uh, yeah. And by the way, Julia Rose is the World Series flasher, if you remember that story. Ah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Do what you will with that uh, with that information. And finally, Andy, uh, the holidays are coming up right around the corner. Oh, they sure and are, Joe. With that being said, um, you know, sometimes to, to deal with your family, you need to drink. You need to drink a lot. It Arby's is launching a new French fry flavored vodka. Available in crinkle and curly cut flavors. Stop it. Yeah. Not necessary. A vodka that tastes like Arby's. Well, I had one of those Arby's Euros yesterday for lunch. Real good. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. I'm uh, I'm looking here. Yeah, the Arby's vodka is available. Uh, starts is available next week, November 18th. You can find it online at arbysvodka.com. You can't get it at your local Arby's. It does not say if you can or you cannot. I doubt they have a liquor license to be able to sell the vodka. <laughs> oh, hey, Andy, before we get out of here today, I want to say we are recording this on Thursday, and that is Veterans Day. I do just want to uh, say to any and all of our veterans out there that are listening, thank you so much for your service that you have provided this country uh, during your lives. We uh, We greatly appreciate it. And uh, we, we really do respect what you have done with uh, protecting this country. So I do want to make sure to uh, to mention that here on this uh, on this Veterans Day. Without a doubt, I share the same sentiments. Andy, uh, get better. Drink some orange juice. Drink some Thank Sprite. You. Do whatever you need to do to get rid of whatever bug it is that you have coursing its way through your uh, your entire body. And hopefully by next week you will be uh, you will be much uh, uh, much uh, much healthier. And uh, much more vibrant as your I sure hope so, self. Joe. What was that? I sure hope so. Yeah, me too. If if not, we we got issues. We, we right. really do. So you take care of yourself. You get better for everybody else out there. Appreciate uh, you guys listening to the show today. As uh, as always, check out everything we have over at ClabesOnline.com. Check out our YouTube page. Lots of videos up there, too. So do all of that and see all of the content we put out each and every week right here on Klabes Online. This has been Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis, Acura, Munganass, Alton, Toyota. As always, it's right here. It's ClabesOnline.com. The 2021 Acura TLX is the top-selling luxury sedan in St. Louis, and St. Louis Acura has an unbeatable selection. The TLX has the highest safety rating, and right now you can get $2,500 in loyalty conquest offers with 0% financing for up to 36 months. We offer free pickup and delivery, and we'll also buy your used vehicle, even if you don't buy from us. St. Louis Acura, committed to becoming better than ever for you.